Okay. Um, without any further delays, can we get uh, apologies? Once more, good morning to everyone. Chair, just one apology for my colleague, Ariko. You won't be able to join us. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Can you flash the flight the agenda? Okay. Um, honorable members who are getting a briefing from outer, and then it will be questions of clarity. Uh, Recording in progress. And and then um, we will then deal with the adoption of the fourth quarter program, and then deal with correspondence. Um, I think that's that's all uh, that we have. Without any delay, let me uh, invite Outer. Um, welcome to the meeting. You'll bear with me, honorable members. I'm affected also by network. So I will switch off my video. At least you, you have seen the face. Um, Outer, can I give it to you? You will introduce yourselves the, and, as a, and the team, as a team. And then um, you, according to the time allocated, you will then uh, brief the committee. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. We really appreciate this this opportunity, Honourable Chair and and members. Um, I am joined. So I'm, um, I'm Advocate Stefani Fick. I'm really privileged to have the team with me today. I am the Executive Director of the Accountability Division, and with me is Liz McDade, um, Chris um, Stolls, Rachel Fisher, and Tabile Zuma. Um, I'm going to be joined in this presentation by Liz and by Rachel. So they are the brains behind this operation. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to um, um, keep this short and sweet from 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 our side. So um, again, um, we are really appreciative of of this opportunity. So just. Just um, um, shortly, I think um, Arta, a, a little bit of background to, to Arta. Now, Arta is a civil activist organization. We are, are a registered nonprofit um, that, you know, we focus on exposing government corruption and the abuses of taxes and public funds through investigation, research, communication, empowerment and litigation. We are um, totally nonpartisan and rely on, on, on public funding. We are totally crowdfunded to hold those guilty of corruption and maladministration to account. Um, I think I can, uh, if I <clears throat> speak on behalf of the team and on behalf of Alta, is that um, what we're doing here today is definitely part of, of you know, trying to create a better South Africa for all. Now, our vision is definitely a prosperous country with an organized, engaged, and empowered civil society that ensures responsible use of tax revenue through all levels of, of, of government. We challenge and take action against maladministration and corruption, and where possible, hold those to account that is, is, is responsible. We also challenge decisions, legislation, 
and the regulatory environment um, as and when we deemed it in, irrational, unfit, and ineffective for the intended purpose. Um, you know, um, we also work with other civil society organizations and authorities improving administration and service delivery within all spheres of government. We like taking hands with, for example, Parliament in order to, you know, again, I want to reiterate, create a better South Africa for all. Now, um, um, except for, for our head office in, 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 in Joburg, um, we also have this parliamentary office and a research office, um, where ma uh, mainly Rachel and, and Chris and Liz is, is situated. Um, Tabele also, uh, she is a, a project manager, although she's largely situated in KwaZulu Natal. She will join us again next year, um, at our head office. Um, as you, and I think the reason why we are here today is our work on our parliamentary oversight review, um, that we have done, um, and that the team has compiled over the few years. And, um, um, without further ado, I'm going to hand over, um, oh, oh, maybe I should just, uh, thank you, Rachel. <laughs> that is just quickly, that is our seven step, um, methodology. Um, we start with a project evaluation. We do a lot of um, in investigation and research. We engage, expose, mobilize. We do take engage also extremely serious. So we just do not want to, you know, expose and, and, and go to the media about things. We like to engage. For example, we have drafted a report on, 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 on service CETA, and we're going to have that discussion with um, uh, the board and with the um, executive first um um you know bef and, and and share with them what we have found before we just go to the media and then we like to take action because it's you know it it's not about just talking it is about um um you know finding effective solutions to a problem that may um may exist and then obviously our closure and evaluation um if we then move to the next slide uh, and before I hand over to um, 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 Rachel, is that this is also our background to our parliamentary oversight reports. Um, yeah, the first one was done in 2019. And um, the, although the parliamentary oversight reports tend to be a bit critical of the failure of parliamentarians, we are very, we advocate the fact that um, MPs and parliament are there to speak on behalf of each and every one, um, each and every South African. And, and, and therefore, um, um, you know, the criticism is, 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 is about, um, and, and, and it's supposed to be constructive criticism, um, that, um, you know, the executives should be held to account. And unfortunately, we've seen, you know, due, due to state capture that, um, there was erosion of state institution. And, um, and the accountability by parliament, there was not significant, um, in, in improvement. So how do we do this? And that's again, why we are so appreciated of this opportunity. So how can we do this in future? Um, how can we build this South Africa for, for our kids? Um, so again, now without further ado, I'm now going to hand over to Rachel that will take us through a few slides. And, and, and then also give Liz, 
who who um um I will ask them to also just uh, introduce themselves because I cannot sit here and, and explain to you the value that these team members bring to the team. Um, I mean, Rachel is busy with her PhD. Liz, we all know, is just a warrior when it comes to civil activists. If I see an activist, she's one of those faces that I that I see. But I don't want to leave out, um, you know, their expertise. So over to you, Rachel. Please um, also just tell the the the, the um, honourable members who you are, and then take us through the. I'll keep quiet now. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Advocate Stefanifik. And um, I would like to echo the sentiments that, um, honorable members, we are very honored and we also recognize that we are privileged to have this opportunity to present to you today. Um, my, my role at ALTA is uh, parliamentary engagement as well as research. And it is exactly that, to engage with parliament. Now, as you could see, um, listed here are our various parliamentary oversight reports. And, and yes, they do tend to be critical of members of parliament and their oversight capabilities. Now, unless you've gone through the uh, parliamentary oversight report that was shared to you, uh, MPs dragging their feet, you would see we do make mention quite often on Parliament engaging with civil society organizations, as well as academics, researchers, and other entities that have got experience in the various portfolio committees. So we would like to say that even though in this briefing, you will see this topic coming up quite often, we really appreciate this opportunity because this shows us the intent that you are willing then to engage with CSOs. And then in our engagement with Parliament, you know, it is not only about being critical in a negative sense, but when we do see efforts and attention being made to actively engage with us, we will also acknowledge that, you know, this this is a two-way street relationship. When there is good, we wish to celebrate that, but then also look from our side, where can we assist um, and keep in consideration how do we improve these structures? Now, um, we have actually in the process now been finalizing our fourth report, which looks at the review of June 2021 until um, this period ending in June uh, 2022. So we hope to share this with you within the coming week or two, because we are aware of the budgetary review and recommendations reports that the portfolio committees present. So we would also hope that what we are presenting today influences um, this process of yours. And uh, then we also consider um, the annual performance plans, um, especially when they are presented in May of the year, to see which of these recommendations are followed through. So while the invitation to you for us to present today looked specifically at this report we gave you, in its totality, we are cognizant of the fact that you are the Portfolio Committee for Mineral Resources and Energy. So we will go through the overall briefing on the Parliamentary Oversight Report because we feel the elements addressed in this report speaks to all portfolio committees and the members, but we've also made provision to specifically delve into our observations on mineral resources and energy. 
when we do look at this, uh, you will have uh, Liz McDade present to you on this due to her experience in the field. So as mentioned, you can see the reports. It doesn't go from January to December, particularly because we wish to capture the what we call the BRS um, and then measure them against the APPs. Now, what we have found is um, that there is significant space for improvement to protect our democracy. And with Parliament being the legislature branch of our government, uh, we do see the role you play as being vital. So what we particularly wish to argue for is having a responsive Parliament that holds executive to account, but does so in a transparent manner and then supporting public participation. Once again, exactly this which you are doing today. Now, in our review um, of the reports that you've requested feedback on, we have found uh, uh, 12 main key messages and recommendations. So as you can see, number one, what we have found in our review um, is the constitutional oversight uh, requirement. And we found that this is failing because we want to ensure that Parliament does have oversight over the executive. But unfortunately, due to state capture and various other now that we can see with the Zonda recommendations and what we feel is a delay in Parliament prioritizing these uh, recommendations of the Commission we do feel that Parliament can improve on this and take a more harsher stance on holding the executive to account. We also feel that some MPs fail to keep to their oath of office, which is serving the South African public. This is not serving the needs of the executive and even the mandate of Parliament. The citizens of South Africa come first and foremost in this duty. We have found that YouTube does help with public participation. We can potentially work on the assumption that we do have citizens and other interested parties currently viewing this presentation as it is streamed on YouTube, which does account for those that cannot be in Cape Town where normally these portfolio committee meetings were held. And because we have attendees from Gauteng and from KwaZulu-Natal. But once again, we do realize that due to electricity restraints and its impact on our telecommunications and ICT infrastructure, that once again, many, many of our South African citizens are precluded to attend and even submit their uh, public participation and comments. So this certainly is an issue currently with our load shedding concerns that certainly needs to be addressed as extremely urgent. Public participation is often ignored that we found, not only due to the lack of invites to civil society, but when these consultations do take place, we find that they are not incorporated and we find that the follow through is limited. This tends then, when it occurs, to be a tick box exercise. And we feel that it fails to consider the depth in which this can attain to. We did look at oversight already. So once again, prioritizing the role of the public other or over and above other mandates that might also vie for attention. 
we do find that there is insufficient independent information to suitably ground the research, the findings, and the processes that Parliament produces. We argue that if there is fundamental and regular engagement with experts in this field, broadening the base of knowledge, this could only contribute substantially to the effectiveness of what Parliament does. And we would once again reach out an invitation that the more often this participation takes place, positive and negative elements can be addressed. Other elements that we have found in our key messages and recommendations do speak to elements such as what has happened with Parliament's oversight and accountability model. Now, indeed, Parliament as a whole structurally can prioritize this model, but we would like to see portfolio committees individually taking this up. You have the power and the privilege to utilize this model, make it more effective and visible, and champion the opportunity that it presents for Parliament. We also do acknowledge that as MPs and in portfolio committees, you do face your individual challenges and portfolio committee challenges. And when there are some of you, minority or even majority groups, put across your points, these might not always be heard due to the size of National Assembly, other implications, for example, with NCOP, but we do feel this must translate to consequence management. Now, consequence management, as you are well aware, occurs annually in the budget review and recommendation reports, as well as the annual performance plan. So this is definitely an item that comes across quite often. Absentism is a reality. We have been monitoring committee meeting attendance, and we do find that this certainly can improve due to the concerning situation that South Africa is facing in terms of energy and electricity um, resource and contribution to the country, we find that especially this committee and the minister has got an additional burden on them to be visible, be proactive, and be very clear that you are working within the interests of the public and to ensure that the country does not fail due to electricity shortfalls. Constituency work is very concerning. We are aware, once again, you are in your constituency leave period, and thank you for making this meeting available for us. But we do feel this can improve. We do feel that MPs can be more visible in their constituency work, because if we consider citizens that are not possible or able to attend these meetings, we could at least effectively engage with them on the ground and make sure they are aware that they also have a responsibility to reach out to Parliament. But if these things are not available and visible, once again, they cannot do it. And I would argue and go so far as to say that the majority of our public do not know about constituency offices, the ability that they can engage meaningfully. And that, I do think, is an element that certainly Parliament portfolio committees can improve on. There is indeed structural reform gaps. So 
we realize that in terms of the portfolio committees can be structural improvement. We realize that Parliament as an institution should be reviewed annually and improved. But we do find that there are high-level panel assessment reports that come through, and these can be followed through in the budget review recommendations and APP. We cannot allow Parliament and even portfolios to get away with poor implementation. South Africa is in a dire situation and therefore, we all need to do our best and Parliament needs to do our best to ensure that Parliament does meet its objectives. And then finally, ethics. <laughs> and this has come up numerous times, especially the past two weeks. We realize that there is inadequate leadership and awareness of ethics requirement, good and bad conduct, and the inbuilt sense of a moral compass now, this is not to say it's an accusatory tone that we are taking in, but we cannot be blind and ignorant of allegations of corruption, issues of bribery, treason, general maladministration, cadre deployment, and how this influences positions of power. Let us not consider that whenever we do speak of government, there are always balances of power, hierarchies that does influence the work and responsibilities that need to occur. When we look then at the balances of these powers and not see it as a power struggle, we have to stand firm in our ethical responsibilities to ensure that these political biases and agendas do not take over the needs of the citizens. So some of the sources that we've considered in the budgetary review and recommendation reports. So do keep in mind that we do wish to see what other elements have been brought in, not just from the portfolio committee recommendations, but also how many other sources have been considered. We like to look at whether non-government resources have been implemented looking at the sustainable development goals, looking at expert research and publications, and also looking at reports that reference civil society sources. Now, you did invite us, so you are aware of the work we are doing and numerous other CSOs. And we feel the portfolio committees in the preparation of your reports and engagements can only benefit when you extend this collaboration and looking at the review of reports. So we do have major themes that have been identified within the parliamentary oversight report. And once again, this speaks to all portfolio committees, but we do feel that certainly this can be strengthened. Um, just very shortly, once again, and this has been mentioned, we look at theory and practice. Once again, South Africa's constitution is well known globally as one of the best in the world. But where theory is in place, substantial policy frameworks and acts and other forms of legislation, how it translates in practice is often lacking. We can very easily say that Parliament has to hold executive to account, but the question arises, how do they do so? How do they do so that it is effective and tangible and we actually see improvements and follow through? Public participation, we've been hammering on quite a bit. Once again, thank you for inviting us. And we really do wish to extend the offer to continue this partnership and collaboration with the Portfolio Committee. The public interest must be acknowledged and supported 
especially with this portfolio committee. You are very much in the limelight currently. And I think, and we definitely feel that by promoting the interests of the public, taking their concerns into consideration, making your views available in media statements and invitations can only improve the work that you are doing. And this links very closely to constituency engagement. We did speak to structural reform, which we feel must translate from the unfortunate structural concerns within Parliament due to the various levels of hierarchy should be prioritized. We even see this now in the discussions regarding electoral reform and also in preparation for our national and provincial elections in 2024, which we feel provides a ripe opportunity for analyzing and identifying current challenges within Parliament and even portfolio committees and seeing what are the opportunities to have these improved on. And then we do really wish to see a closer ethics committee interaction with the ethics and member interest joint committee because we do find elements of maladministration, failure to hold the executive to account and seeing follow through penalties and consequences, once again, consequence management on those that fail to prioritize and really make important the issues we are facing on the ground. So there certainly is a timeline of engagement that we considered within our parliamentary oversight review, where we see active efforts of the organization on doing tax abuse to engage with parliament. Now, here you see represented five instances. And today's opportunity we have received, we certainly will account for in our following presentations. But please bear in mind, we would like to see this vastly and I wish to underscore vastly improved, not only with your own portfolio committee, which is extremely important currently, but with all others. We feel that the position that you do have as members of parliament, that what you are doing today should please be shared with your colleagues and other portfolio committees and extend the invitation and the concerns we are raising today so that we do get more invites, so that we could see more public partition and more attention giving to other civil society organizations. This is imperative due to the reality that we are facing and the potential fiscal collapse that we are facing due to our energy and electricity crisis. So going on to these concerns we are facing due to the, um, also the invitation you extended to us on the report, let us go on to the specific focus on the mineral resources and energy case studies for the period of the review 2020 to 2021. And we will also give an overview of what we found in our current yet unpublished parliamentary report. And now I would like to hand over to my colleague, Liz McDade. Good morning, comrades, friends, colleagues. Um, I just want to say it's really great to be back in the portfolio committee meeting, although not so great that it's virtual, um, because I really enjoy engaging with, with MPs and, and others in the physical space. So I'm hoping we can get Parliament back in the physical space soon. Um, many of you know me, and uh, I think I have been following this particular committee 
since 2015, 16. Um, and sat in most of the meetings, I think until just before COVID was the last one that we were in. And maybe this is a good space to start because in that meeting, I seem to remember we, the committee discussed, um, the ISMO bill, uh, and, and the, the need to, to fast track and get that, uh, moving. Um, and yet we are still sitting two years later and we don't have that restructuring bill, uh, moving through, through parliament. So I think the, for me, um, I think I, my personal interaction with the members of this committee is they are dedicated MPs working hard. Uh, and I guess what we are hoping that in reflecting on, you know, we've looked at not just your committee and then even looking in depth at what happens in your committee and your oversight, um, that there's a space for you to reflect and engage and that we can strengthen the portfolio committee. So I, I think I'm, uh, I'm going to not speak very long and, but I, because you have the report and you've, you've no doubt read it. But I, I think that when you, you, you've looked at, for example, the solar water, uh, heaters, the storage issue, the fact that Nexa and CEF often don't prepare their reports, Nexa's financial statements are never, um, uh, you know, never on time and, uh, mostly, uh, you know, they get a disclaimer because they, they, they audit reports, their financials are bad. And the reason I'm saying, uh, re- referring to this is because you as the MPs have the power to cut their budget for non-deliverables. But, and I guess from civil society, it's quite frustrating to sit and uh, listen to you interrogate very strongly the different uh, entities under your supervision. Um, and, and within that oversight, you do make very strong statements, but then the budget, you just passed it. Um, so why don't you exercise that power and cut the budgets of non-performance? And uh, I think, I think the next slide, um, Rachel. Yeah, and, and I guess this is just looking at, um, in the last parliament, uh, before you were here, there was a, um, series of public meetings around the, um, the, the integrated resource plan, the last one. But that is the last time that I have seen real engagement with civil society, energy, um, CSOs. So from our side, as we sit outside, it seems that the parliament and this particular committee does not take civil society seriously and is not really interested in listening to their views. And yet, uh, certainly there's a number of entities who are, are very, are working extremely hard to provide information and to help um, engage with government to get things right in the energy space. And I think in the mineral space, we have not concentrated so much on the mineral space, but I have, I have been in meetings where you have held some of the mineral entities to account and have also expressed your frustration 
I seem to remember there was the Lilyfontaine mine, and three years later there was there was still no resolution, if I remember correctly. So, so these are these. I, I guess we are echoing your frustrations in terms of things that just keep repeated over and over again and don't get resolution. Uh, but we are maybe suggesting that uh, you could exercise your powers in order to try and uh, ensure that the the department is held accountable. And uh, I, I just want to to emphasize, I don't know if it's the next slide, sorry, Rachel, um, but I want to emphasize that you make fantastic recommendations in the boroughs. You actually, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into that. But but it doesn't seem to translate into the into things changing. Um and, and for example, you know, officials leave the department before they can any any real um uh consequence management, and then they go and get uh, positions in other departments, which means they now presumably take the trouble with them. Um uh, you know, and, and I know you've also made comments on this that the budget gets spent, but the work doesn't get done. So, you know, then isn't it uh, an opportunity to cut the budget? And the other thing is that we we have this, you know, there's a need for legislation. There's a need for certain things. You make recommendations and you get told there's no money. Well, maybe it, can one not then direct that funding goes from one place to another? Um, and, and if they, if the minister is not inclined to follow your recommendations, uh, but then you can address it through saying, well, we'll give you money for that, but not for this. Um, it seems to me that this is going to be one way to really hold, hold people to account. And, and I also want to note, because this was for, for us a big shock that in, COVID, during the COVID budget, when each department was asked to reduce its, uh, each, de- you know, each section by a certain percentage, the DMRE cut the budget to electrification, but kept the NEXA budget full on. Why? And, and, and more importantly, why did you as MPs, um, approve that? So, so I guess for us as civil society, we really look to MPs to do, to, to act in our interests. Um, we are fully, uh, you know, supportive of, uh, your, your, your holding the ministers to account. And I think partly what is really, um, Really important is this public interest. I mean, I think what Rachel was saying is often the public interest is comes to the fore through Parliament's engagement with civil society, where they they get the feeling for what what the public want. There are also uh, documents like the National Development Plan, etc., that maybe refer to to um, to what the public interest is. But let me just move to I think it's the next slide. Oh, that's the minister's attempt. Okay, yes, let me get to that. So um, this is, if you look across the the, the um, portfolio committees, then uh, and over time, you can see how um, many meetings the minerals and energy 
minister has a 10, how many portfolio committees? And you can see how that compares to other ministers. And I, for me, I, I don't know that it's necessary for the minister to, to attend every meeting, but, um, one would hope that uh, either him or his deputy would be there for at least half the meetings if it's necessary for you to get information or to ask particular questions as to why there's been non-deliverables. Um, so, so we, we, we look at that. We see that other men and other portfolios the minister does attend more often. And I think the minerals and energy is not one of the best performing in terms of the minister's attendance. Um, okay. Next slide. Okay. Yeah. So just to emphasize, as Rachel said, the reports run because that was when the 2019 after the elections, the new go uh, government, the new MPs came in from July. 2019. So our reports run from July of one year to June of the next year, which then enables us to look at the boroughs and then see what happens in the APPs in the following year. So, okay, next slide. Um, so just for your interest, we haven't quite finalized the, the 2022, but we have picked up some of the things from 2021 into 2022. So, um, yeah, so I think I've covered uh, some of the things on the left-hand side. Uh, I think the car partnership was one thing that was really uh, very disappointing from civil society. So we fully acknowledge that the committee has the right to investigate how they uh, feel and if in the end they got a legal opinion to say that they should not, there was no, no ground or whatever the legal opinion that was not necessary to investigate. That's, that's your prerogative. However, there were a number of organizations that wrote asking for you to hold an inquiry. And at no time did you actually engage with those civil society organizations to understand what was behind the letter and what was the, you know, the, the issue. Um, and, you know, again, the, 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 um, it's, you, you could happily meet with the, um, with the, the minister obviously on the issue and with the department. But if you only hear from the department and you only hear from the minister, then you will, you will only have a particular point of view. So if you don't hear from anybody else, but the, but those in favor, then how do you receive information and make up your own minds? So, so this, this, uh, for example, a mining affected community, then you met with a mining affected community, but maybe there were other groups that also needed to be to be involved. So it's, it's, I think from ours on the outside, we really feel we could give you so much information and, uh, in order to strengthen your oversight and we hear you asking questions. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's frustrating to be on the outside and, and not be able to make that suggestion and say, but, you know, we've looked at this and did you, did you see this? Did you see that? Um, so. That this would strengthen your your oversight. So, so I think, yeah. And then, and then I just wanted to to issue uh, some of the the things. Is the 
let's take it right into the current crisis. There is there's no um, ra- no reason why you could not have engaged on the load shedding and on the energy security issue. We all know that ESCOM's collapsing, but there's a need for new um, energy into the system. We also know that there's a need for the restructuring bill to, 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 to happen. But these things are all delayed. But this is where we believe your committee can may, play a huge role for in, in, in uh, addressing this. Um, you know, I, I do remember your total frustration over the solar water heater program, but we're still sitting without the solar water heater program really working as it should. So, um, I guess, I guess <laughs> for, for me, I, I'm, uh, I'm appealing to you as as members of parliament that you you have the power um, and we know we've been through a bad patch with people not being accountable hopefully we've we've come through the state capture and hopefully we can really improve parliament um and yeah we are we are standing here like, next slide uh, Rachel um we we are here before you because we really, really believe that um, we 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 want to work with you as 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 our representatives. So I think I would end there and hand back to Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for that overview, Liz. Um, much appreciated. Oh. I do think that there are valuable elements uh, that have been raised, speaking directly to the mandate of this portfolio committee. So to go back to the overall poor review and our general expectations is, is certainly to have a representation of the public's interests, bearing in mind we're entering the period of the budgetary review and recommendation reports. And we are very happy that you're engaging with us now. And we look forward to sharing our 2021-22 report with you once it has been finalized. But if you do see, and we hope you see, and consider the recommendations and the issues that we have highlighted, that these are represented within the reports. And of course, you know, we will be following through to see whether there have been adjustments and these items accommodated within next year's annual performance plans. So certainly that we are here, we are engaging, and we hope that we receive additional invitations from you, but also to see you engage with other CSOs. So potentially going forward, there will be more often of these portfolio committee meetings with other entities, but also on the ground active public participation opportunities. We certainly feel that as MPs, that you should be active citizens yourselves. Now, this does not mean to say you don't carry the public's interests, but it would be good to see you playing a more visible and active role. Um, I think we can be honest in acknowledging that citizens do feel alienated from Parliament, from members of Parliament. The majority of citizens do not know who the members are. They do not know um, exactly even of portfolio committees and who represents and sits within those portfolio committees. Now, if you are elected by the citizens, then surely the citizens should know you and be able to reach out to you if they've got concerns. Once again, linking to the role of constituency officers and constituency leave periods. And then um, you should 
and we hope that you make this a topmost priority, is to uphold the highest moral code and act with integrity. And it does mean making extremely hard decisions to hold the executive to account, ensure consequence management, and be very proactive in meeting out penalties, not just basic fines or apologies found in the Ethics and Members Interest Committees, where MPs that have transgressed only needs to make an apology to National Assembly. We feel this must be harsher. And there's a saying that goes, if you don't want to hear, you've got to feel. And Parliament is in the position to make MPs that transgress feel, but also the executive, members of the executive. They should be aware of the consequences if they transgress. In our concluding remarks, we really want Parliament to rise up to the challenges. We cannot sit in silos or islands and not feel the brunt that the public is taking. Please engage more constructively with civil society. Make sure that governance is open and transparent, meaning that researchers, civil society, other entities engage with you and that information is made available. Um, as an organization, we regularly do make use of PIAs um, to get access to information that is not readily available. And we do know it's Parliament's mandate to make these documents available to the public because it's within their concerns and their rights. We highly value the budgetary review and recommendation report process. We find it is exceptionally important for the PCs to engage with these, but once again to see the follow through, particularly when we are looking at the energy crisis that we are facing, there is a massive opportunity also presenting by renewable energy and resources, and these should be utilized. And we would really like to see this within the reports. And then we cannot underscore this enough by listening to experts that are familiar with the subject will only contribute um, to better oversight um, within government and the portfolio committees. You are not alone. You are not supposed to be standing alone, but it's only if we work together once again and very strong consequence management that structural reform can take place. Um, as an organization, we would once again like to thank you for this opportunity, um, honorable members, and uh, we do wish this goes forward quite often. And we would like to open up the floor now for questions and answers. Okay, thank you very much. Um, this is how we do it. Um, I will come later as a chair. I think the first thing I must uh, thank you for your presentation. Um, I think the first thing we must acknowledge is that uh, um, I think it's a good exercise. And uh, what uh, we can do as a mistake is to take the platform as a platform of uh, accusations, defense, and everything. I think uh, we, as honorable members, when there is um, that binocular view that comes from outside us, we, we, can't, we can't assess ourselves. That's, that's one thing we must agree. Uh, so I would appreciate that if we could have a very constructive engagement um, that uh, also places facts on the table. Uh, with regards to what is, is being raised. But without any further ado, um, can we do it, agree we do it like this? 
for the sake of efficiency so that every member, you take notes like we did, we listened until the end of the presentation. From where I'm sitting as a chair, if the questions are too many, I will then cut off and then allow you to respond to some of those questions and then take a next round of questions. Or avoiding the dialogue of a question and answer, as this you answer, as this you answer, it, 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 it may create what we say you want to avoid, a dialogue. So just take a pen and a paper and take notes of the questions or clarities that are sought. Can I give honorable members any take? Any take? I see the hand of uh, Honorable Mailem. Um, Honorable Malinga. Honorable Matogwe. Honorable Masaule. It is all M's today. So if your surname doesn't start with a, with an M, it means you are not on the list. Um, let's go that fashion. You will learn a new thing again. Uh, I will come back after Honorable Mashaule has as has finished. Honorable uh, Mailem. Thank you, Chairperson, and good morning to our guests this morning, and thank you very much for a very comprehensive report. Um, a couple of questions, and, and I'm, I'm going to make some comments in the, in the process as well. So my first question relates to the chart that was put up with regard to public hearings and um, stakeholder engagement and the like, um, and I'm curious as to how that was determined. The, the reason I ask that is that this committee has, um, over the past three years, had a number of stakeholder engagements uh, and, and uh, public hearings, uh, particularly around the gas amendment bill. Um, we we did oversight and, and interaction with communities at uh, various uh, mine sites, including Lily Mine. Um, and, and so I, I'm just curious as to how it comes out that, that that's not reflected in the um, in the report. I, I I don't understand that. The second is I agree with your assessment uh, about the minister's attendance at committee meetings, and it's something that I've raised in committee before. Um, that Minister Mantashe and his deputy are are amongst the worst attendees at portfolio committees, which makes it difficult for this committee to hold them to account. And, and Chairperson, I would urge that as a committee, we uh, we bring all pressure to bear on Minister Mantashe to attend these committee meetings and to answer the questions. Which brings me to the next point, and that is that one of the challenges that we have is, I'm going to call it a culture of protectionism, where the governing party, and I'm, I'm not throwing accusations here, I'm just making a general statement. The governing party tends to rally round uh, whatever the minister and the department says rather than um, address the issues critically or, or look at 
where there are problems or challenges within the department, or or perhaps uh, I'm going to use an extreme term, and I apologize. It's not meant to be accusatory in any way, or, or but they, they tend to brush uh, such considerations under the carpet. And I think that it's something that we as a committee need to be far more aggressive and more um, concerned about the problems in the department. Which then brings me to the point of the BRRRs and the APPs. And one of the challenges that, that I find is that we make recommendations in our reports, but we don't track progress against those recommendations. In other words, when we come to the next financial year, there should be a report that says, okay, last year we recommended this, 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 and this. Did we get anything from those recommendations? Was there any progress made on those recommendations? And if not, why? Um, were those those recommendations in the BRRR translated into the APP? And if not, why? And I, I think there's a disconnect between the work we do on the BRRR, the work we do on the APP, and then the following year, the um, the, 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 the the review and uh, incorporation of the outcomes of that in, into the next year's um, recommendations. My last point is that Arta makes a good point about, about um, penalizing budget. I'm, I'm a little bit curious as to how exactly we as a committee would go about doing that, because as I understand it, and, and I could be completely off base here, but as I understand it, we can't amend the budget once it is presented to us. Um, that's a function that only the National Assembly as a whole does. And and in all the time that I've been in Parliament, which is nine years now, I'm not aware of Parliament ever amending a budget. So I'm, I'm a little curious as to exactly how much power we have as a committee to amend budget line items. And I'd welcome some input on that. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Greetings to yourself, uh, members of the Portfolio Committee, our staff and our guests. Chairperson, I am shocked by this presentation. Um, actually, the, the first slide that says, as this Portfolio Committee, we are sleeping on the wheel. I think it will be my second time uh, agreeing with Honorable Malem. As this committee in the sixth parliament, we have been up and down consulting with all stakeholders in a form of public hearings, in them presenting to this portfolio committee. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe the presenters will, will, will highlight uh, which wheel we are sleeping on, whether it's a tractor or it's a polo or it's a what. I, 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 I just can't understand that. Chair, are, are they saying we are irrelevant? Uh, in what way? Maybe if, if, if I may understand, maybe Yimong as a school Shemen. Chairperson, as this portfolio committee, we have hammered on NEXA on not submitting their financials on time. 
we have hammered on the, uh, the, the failure of SWH project. I think we have done everything humanly possible to get uh, our job or our work done. So to, for Outer to come here and say we are sleeping on the wheel, I, I, I take serious offense, Chair, uh, and maybe maybe it's, it's the language. I, 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 I don't get it, Chair. And I think it's, it's Miss Fisher or Mrs. Fisher, I'm not sure, who says people, they don't know us, who are the members of the portfolio committee, we are not running a PR company here. If you go to parliamentary website, there is all portfolios with all the members of the portfolios, their contacts. It's not me, myself, or whoever is a member of the portfolio will go out there and say, hey, I'm honorable so-and-so, I serve in this portfolio. That, that's not how it's done. And the chairperson, I want to check it, because they say slight where they said they have engaged honorable frolic on on oversight do they understand how what or how or what is the process for a portfolio committee to go out and do oversight because there are processes for a portfolio committee to go out and do oversight and do their work which is approved by parliament you can't just decide to that tomorrow we're going to free state tomorrow. you need there, there are processes that need that needs to be followed chair May, maybe if I, I i can get clarified or maybe i i did not capture their their presentation very well yes i agree that executive has not been coming uh, to the portfolio committee but the department is not run by executive the department the department is overseen by the executive they are officials, they are always in the portfolio committee, where we tell them our dissatisfaction with how they run the department, with the things that as this portfolio committee we are not happy with, with the things that they said they were going to do, whether in their APPs, that are not being done. If, if maybe, Chairperson, I can, I can just be clarified on, on this sleeping on the wheel. Because if this year alone, for for two weeks, uh, I think it, when we were doing with gap, when we were dealing with gap, we haven't been in our homes for two weeks. All oh, we were all over the place doing public consultation. Maybe maybe what is public participation? Maybe they should clarify to us what is public participation. But Chairperson, where we are wrong, we take the criticism. We, 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 we hope that they will put forward the recommendations on how to do better. But saying we are sleeping on the wheel. No, no, Chairperson, I, I don't agree with that. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Um, I think my, my previous colleagues have actually uttered my, my sentiments um, and it's a bit difficult to, to, to go any further. But I think also it's just my request as well where the, the, the observation really is that the portfolio committee has not done well, that we actually be given like specific recommendations that yes, you have done A, B, C, D and E, but it would be better if you could do D, E, F. 
um, because we are of the view that we have done everything humanly possible. And I think also on the issue of public engagement, as far as I'm concerned, there's been a number of correspondences and a number of things that have been sent to the portfolio committee this term where we've actually um, even called some of the organizations and engaged with them. And in the event that things do not directly affect the portfolio committee, then that's when we would refer them. So I think even there, if there's um, any correspondence or any engagements or attempts of engagements that have been there with the portfolio committee that have not really been um, attended to, it would be beneficial for ourselves if those would be brought to our attention so that we can also look into them. Maybe we are not aware of such things. Um, I really do um, echo the sentiments that perhaps, yes, of course, we 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 take the, the criticism. There are some elements of the report that are correct, um, especially on the fact that we're not following much on recommendations um, and implementations of those recommendations, which is also something perhaps that the Portfolio Committee um, has spoken about a number of times to the relevant officials that we make a lot of recommendations, but we don't see wh- when they are implemented or it takes a long time. I think there's also been um, confirmation by the department as well that some of the reports and recommendations that are made by themselves uh, or that are made to themselves, they're not actually implemented on time or even processed. Those are things that we are aware of. Those are things that we are on top of. But where there are areas of improvement, I think that there really needs to be specific recommendations that, yes, you've done well here, but this is why we are saying you're sleeping on the wheel or you're irrelevant, or all these things that are referred to the portfolio committee. Um, thank you very much, uh, Chair. And again, thank you very much to Outta for, for the report. Thank you, uh, Chairperson, and greetings to all. Uh, I want to check first, Chair, if uh, my background uh, is not making noise. Uh, I'm happy to reserve my comments if it's causing some trouble. I'm at the airport. Uh, Can I get that indication, Chair? We hear you more than the background. That's better. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, let me welcome the presentation by Auta. And indeed, uh, Ms. Fisher, we, we miss you. Uh, uh, is it Lizzie? Yes. Uh, who normally attends our portfolio committees physically? We, we missed interacting with you. We hope we'll go back to physical attendance. Uh, very soon. Let me start by <clears throat> the point on civil society and uh, indicate that we, we do accept the criticism um, and, and, and I do expect it to be guided by science, uh, meaning there has been research done on uh, how we are failing to reach uh, as many civil society um, uh, uh, bodies as possible. But it would have helped uh, Lizzie for us to be told that uh, in previous terms, uh, how many civil societies uh, uh, the committee has interacted with and uh, 
how have we done compared to the previous uh, terms and uh, what would be an acceptable uh, quantity of uh, uh, civil society to engage with so that we don't fall in the category of having failed to 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 interact with the civil society because when we were doing rounds on uh, uh, public participations and uh, oversight we don't we don't make a mistake of not involving uh, stakeholders and i believe that uh, when you talk about civil society you're talking about who have people who have interest or body who has who have interests in the sector because it's not possible to have everybody uh, who is a uh, civil society uh, to be invited to uh, this particular committee. I just want us to expand science and say uh, what would be the acceptable number of uh, uh, bodies that we, 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 we ought to meet. Uh, secondly, on the same matter, the separation of meeting civil society and not meeting civil society vis-a-vis agreeing with civil society or disagreeing with their view is very important uh, because we may meet you and disagree with you. Uh, uh, does that mean that uh, we're failing? I don't think so. We just met you and not agree with you, disagreed with you. And uh, that should be acknowledged in the in the in the uh, research. The second part is, I want to commend uh, Honorable Madokwe um, for not. Uh, uh, and I had uh, Honorable Malem saying uh, he doesn't want to use harsh words, and I appreciate that. But we 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 are not. If we, we, the, the, the party line or the, to say the governing party is responsible for uh, or it's defensive uh, on the attendance of the minister um, would rather be unfortunate because um, we have indicated that uh, the minister uh, when he came in he had a deputy who unfortunately passed uh, on, and uh, may his soul rest in peace. And by that time, we we had no attendance or meeting that was not attended by either one of them. We always had complimentary uh, attendance uh, in that regard, uh, and for a very long time, the minister had no deputy. Uh, Yes, Honorable Malam was raising it, but we, we, we got to a point where we, 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 we understood that uh, it's not possible for the minister to be everywhere, especially on Tuesday uh, that was allocated to us because we would have other prior commitments. Um, uh, it doesn't take away the fact that he has not been attending. Uh, but singling the governing party as uh, uh, people who have been defensive as if there was no reason. Um, I, 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 I would really 
beg uh, uh, Honorable Malem to, to, to review that. Uh, if at all uh, he wants to see that we are not defensive, he must raise it now that there is a deputy minister and a minister and see our reaction. I invite him to do that. Uh, I, I just thought, let's be fair on that uh, issue. I am not sure, uh, Outer, whether an honorable Malam raised it, uh, whether we are empowered to cut a budget and uh, rearrange the line functions of uh, where the budget is going or not. Uh, we do have uh, the adoption of the budget and we do have situations where uh, uh, members dependent on their party positions uh, reject the, 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 the budget and uh, we debate about it. Uh, uh, and, and I think that is the responsibility that we have. Uh, but to really uh, force the department to take this money to that uh, account and not this account, I I, I would need to be schooled uh, by outer in, in that regard. And also, I don't know whether when an institution is struggling, uh, like uh, Nexa. Uh, the solution is to take money away <laughs> because there, there's been repeated uh, assertions that uh, we adopt the budget, but NEXA is uh, limping and all of I don't know whether you, you, you capacitate a, or you try to capacitate an institution by taking away what it has or you reinforce uh, what it already had, I don't know. We'll be schooled by uh, outer today. And uh, I don't know whether it's part of, uh, uh, or is it in, your, in our interest or the, the people of South Africa for us to have a problem of solar water heater gizzards and try to resolve it, raise it every year. Uh, ever since we are here, we have been raising this issue of solar water heater gizzards. I don't know uh, the advice Outer wants to give us in terms of acting on 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 that because it has been a recurring problem. Uh, we have raised it. We have not slept slept on the on the wheel uh, in this matter, like uh, Honourable uh, Malinga has said. We have raised it. It keeps recurring. Uh, we are told that uh, 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 some someone put a head on the block saying we will solve this in eight months and so forth. It's gone in the department, no longer there. Uh, what do we do as parliamentarians uh, when situations like that happen? We raise that. Uh, we bash the, the department, but it's there. It's not going. Uh, uh, I I, I, I wouldn't say that uh, that's not playing our role uh, because there's also what we call overreach, which we are wary of. We don't want to do. Uh, and, and, and that line that is not supposed to be crossed, maybe out uh, in their report and their 
research would be able to explain further at what point do we uh, cross that line and become dictatorial to uh, a department holding accountable somebody and dictating what they must do are two different things thank you very much and i apologize for the uh, noise that uh, has been coming announcements and so forth at the airport thank you very much Thank you, Honorable Mashaule. Um, for now, as long as you make an input. Thank you, Auta. Let me let me just take this it's a, as an engagement, as a discussion. Uh, please take your paper, your paper and a pen. And I take it as an engagement. And I think it is a, it is a productive one. But let me raise what I think for me. And I'm raising this thing in a constructive manner. The basis, I assumed that uh, this is research to work. And if it is research to work, we are a committee of parliament, established according to the rules of parliament. I understand the constitutional obligations that we have. The problem is that at times the rules of parliament are found wanting, that they are not consistent with the constitutional uh, prescripts of the country. I must say to Outer, I would have appreciated that on the foundings, in terms of the rules of committees of parliament, references made according to specific rules that this is what a committee should be doing. And this is what this committee has not been doing. Because it helps. I, I can tell you now, we're sitting at some point um, in the fifth parliament. Amongst other things, the AG came and made an observation on the portfolio committee's performance. And we're saying, but you can't have a performance if you don't have what is it that you are measuring on or against. Now, let me, for instance, start Nexa, and I don't think whether we share the same. Nexa and SEF, they don't get money from government. That, that is the first thing. So their budget will be a budget that is a generated income that they are having. That's the first thing. But I think one of the things that for me, when you talk about the finances, is, 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 is not founded, is the fact that for the first time, and I think uh, members will recall, for the first time now, NEXA has been able to table their financial statement and table their turnaround strategy, their turnaround plan. And they are, 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 yes, their turnaround plan. Now, you will also recall that it was NEXA and SAF that were the committee was written to the committee that according to because they are I don't know schedule schedule so and so of the entities they are not supposed to be tabling in parliament and it is this committee that went out to legal services and said in the context of what now we are written by the then director general what then becomes the task of the committee the legal advice came back and said, as a committee of parliament, all 
entities, even if they are not reporting on their annual financial statement, but in the final analysis, they are accountable to parliament, to the committee of parliament. That's, that's then that NEXA and SAF uh, were called to the committee. Now, if, if we don't find that, the problem will be that whether the, and I'm saying this with all extreme respect for what Outer is trying to do, but I think the difficulty with members is that if there is no recognition of that intervention, that for the first time, now there was a clarity and they came, they presented, they, they, they presented what is their turnaround strategy, their turnaround, their table, their financial, in as much as they were not, they cannot be, they can't do so. And, and for me, that is a committee of parliament exercising this power and authority. Now, if you don't find that, it, it then raises an issue whether was the premise to look on how to assist, but also address, address the other matter. Now, when you look at NEXA and, and uh, probably SAF, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, the... State diamond trader, if I'm not mistaken. Concerns have been raised by members with regards to non-performance. And there has been visit oversight. Recently, maybe in your, in your, in your last quarter, it will reflect what happened when this, 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 the, the, the committee visited NEXA. And it was this committee that said, you are not where we want you to be but at least we can see the intention and we can see the degree of improvement, but they still, you are still very far. It was NEXA that at some point was almost on the verge of being even unable to pay for its employees. And with the necessary intervention, the demand for stability, and now they've got a board, they've, got a, 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 they've addressed the issue of the executive, including the appointment, of the, 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 the CEO. So, so the problem for me where I'm sitting is that I'm not sure what is the bench, what was the, the baseline where the, the judgment is being made on, which is why I said, even from the AG's point of view. But also, it, I must be honest, with all due respect, I, I respect everyone who comes to the committee. It is not correct that uh, there was no engagement with the South African Human Rights Commission. It's not correct. In fact, there was a meeting which we even invited the department to respond and said, go back now, attend to those issues, because already some of those issues, the department had started to implement them. Some of them were not. And recently, we have had an engagement with the Human Rights Commission, which went back and said, department, tell them which areas that you have been able to succeed, including the AGSA on the rehabilitation of the religion ownerless mind in terms of their audit outcome. Now, now I think I think for me that is that is that is the best we can do. Now, when it comes to closure of minds, I think let's be fair. This committee currently is even engaged on that. One of the things we've raised was that it's not just closing the minds. The question is, where do you get if we don't deal with the resource? the resource allocation. The committee said, 
it will be impossible and very difficult to close your derelict and ownerless mind. It's there, it's in black and white. Because the allocation itself does not talk to that. And recently, what uh, Mintek has said, vindicates what the committee has been saying, that as long as you've got an allocation of almost 140 million rands, you will not. And, and, and Mintech says, with their current allocation you are giving us, it will take 17 years. Now, even if we're to say we need a billion rands allocation, unfortunately, that allocation is subject to the other area, which is the point that two honorable members have raised in terms of budget allocation. It goes to Treasury. So it's treasury that will decide whether we are giving you what you want in order to fast track, make it a point that within five years, the, the issue of um, the derelict and ownerless man. But linked to that is the issue of legislation that is in conflict. Let's, we'll deal with that thing later on. So I think it's important. Now let's come to this outer. My worry, and, and I'm saying this again, I, I must emphasize, uh, please, Forget my voice and other things. Sometimes I may sound like I'm rough and so forth. Please excuse me. That's that's my that's the, the, the voice I have. I'm now, as you are speaking, I'm asking myself a question. We were meeting with um, Makua Amua, like you say. They were complaining. And we're meeting with them. Now, I suspect I feel that there is a contradiction in the statement you are making. You are saying we don't meet with civil society. But you say when we meet with civil society, we meet with others and we don't meet with others. Now, that's a contradiction because it then says, yes, you do meet with them, but you don't. That's exactly what we explained to Makua, to say parliament is not, as far as we know, parliament, in particular committees of parliament, are not institutions of recognition of, 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 of structures. Parliament is a public institution that is accountable to the people of South Africa, including its committees. Now, if we meet Makua tomorrow, I'm saying tomorrow somebody is going to come and say, you don't meet with civil society, but you met with outer. You see? And that is the dilemma that, 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 that we find ourselves in. But let's be honest again. I would have thought there would be an analysis of the meetings of the committees. This committee meets only on Tuesdays and now allowed on Fridays. And that's it. It means a committee of parliament meets only two times a week if it is allowed. And by the way, last week when we had a joint, this week when we had a joint meeting with public enterprises, we were told that parliament is scheduling many plenaries and therefore the committee ordinarily would not was not supposed to sit but we had to push things and we couldn't do justice because we did not have enough time now i would have thought that the analysis will then analyze how parliament by the way this on the commission i've read it unfortunately there's nothing we can do until it is brought to parliament either by the speaker so that we can deal with it the Zondo Commission makes far, some of the far-reaching implications. And when I would have thought, even in the report, you will be able to assist us. One of the things that it is raising is the question of resource allocation. It can't be what committees are supposed to do 
but you are not looking whether in terms of capacitation are they capacitated to that point. I would have thought that the analysis of this report will be able to say, in as much as from energy, you would have had a researcher, you have not had a content advisor for quite a long time. I would have thought that in mineral resources, you would be able to say, in as much as this, this, uh, you have had a content advisor, first look at the performance, let's just say that. But most importantly, it never had a research, a researcher since 2019. And, and that's, that's a question of research. But also, whether is it enough to have only two people? Uh, because the committee staff, there's not secretariat, there's nothing that they're doing. Against, and this is where, again, I would have thought we then deal with the issue. The top-heavy arrangement that we adopted post-1994 where there is too much that is given to the executive. Analyze the budget given to parliament to perform its oversight role. The fact that the committee of parliament, as it operates, it doesn't even know how much budget does it have. In fact, the overall budget of parliament is even, is the lowest, is the smallest of all the budget. The mere fact that there are no power relations I'm sitting here, this is a committee test to meet first before it takes a decision. But if you talk to a minister now, the minister will be where he wants to be or she wants to be tomorrow. Unlike a committee of parliament that honorable members were saying that must make an application, must give motivation, that committee can go. So I would have thought to me there will be a deep, deep analysis first of the environment under which committees work. For an example, the issue of Lily Mine, it was long done by the committee. It's now the point I think it was honorable Mine must say. The point now sits if if the committee makes a recommendation, it makes all those things. That report is sitting with parliament, the National Assembly. And it had done its work. But we, we if if it is not if it is not reflected there, then it becomes a problem. So so I'm just saying. There are certain things that, in my view, maybe we don't understand each other. We may speak past each other. Let's deal with the ESCOM thing. One of the things, for instance, that we have recognized now as a committee is that if you, no matter how much capacity do you have in terms of policy generation, if you don't deal with operations, we are now currently working very closely with the Committee on Public Enterprise so that the two can talk to each other. But let's, let's face the reality. And, and I think for me, civil society must also take us out of the quagmire, the realignment of, of, of departments. And the risk, I must say this thing politically, I never raised in the committee. The risk is going to be worse post, uh, after 2024 if we learn, if it happens, and I'm not saying it to love, if it happens, and, and I, I would help civil society to, to, who can help us. The truth of the matter is that we run the risk that post-2024, we are going to have more committees of parliament than we are having now. Why? Because coalition government at times are about attracting people to your side. And with the current number of ministries, it may be a joke when it comes to post-2024, because we may have, because in as much as in provinces, you have got a limitation 
that you can't exceed 12, if I'm not mistaken, including the premium. Nationally, there is no cap. It means you have a risk that the executive might be 50% and 50% be members of parliament. And, 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 and my take, the reason I'm saying that is that if that thing is not factored in, then we, 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 may, we may be we're missing something. Why members? First, 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 first thing that this committee did 2019, when it was established, was to visit all the entities, including the department. Two was to have an engagement with all what we believe is stakeholders, first in the mineral, 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 minerals sector, then in the energy space. Yes, it's possible that in the process you may not have been able to take everyone at that time. But since then, there's been consistency in meeting. But what this committee has done, more than I don't know, but I'm saying this with extreme caution, probably more than any committee of parliament, this committee, even now, like honorable members were saying, for three weeks, these members won't be, won't see their families. From the sixth, they are going to Pumalanga and uh, come back on the 10th, Pumalanga, Gauteng, come back on the 10th. On the 11th, they are starting the beautiful hours. On Friday, the following weekend, they are traveling again to, 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 to Northwest, come back, deal with the beautiful hours. That is, that is, because that we have recognized that with the two, two, two days that you have, in fact, some members were even saying, but why are you putting us on a Friday? Because Friday is for us to travel. That's another issue. And you can't say they're unfair when they say so, because at the end of the day, these are human beings. The worst thing is when you arrive as a parent, you put your back down. Then the next thing, when they, they, the kids see you taking a back, say, oh, we are going again. Are you leaving again? That is, that is the environment that uh, members of this, I don't want to talk about others, because we have realized if we don't utilize weekends, then we'll not be able to perform our job. So I think for me, that is, that is, that is one thing. But linked to that, what this committee has said, and I think you are correct, you are not saying something that the committee has not recognized. Two things we have said was that we can't keep on discussing just for the sake of discussing. Now we develop a new system, a system that says, let's, deca- let's discuss, let's prepare a report. That report must be tabled in parliament so that it is known that this is what this committee has recommended. Now let's come to the issue of consequence management. I think, honestly, I don't know. And, and I, that's why I said it's not a defensive thing. It is this committee that even demanded Let's, let's make an example from, um, is it SFF, when the department was going, it is this committee that revived the issue of SFF, the sale of the strategic stock. And it is this committee that said, deal with the people that are there. I think the point that Honorable, I think Mashaullah was raising, when the lady says, I put my head on the block, Unfortunately, the person leaves. That's exactly what we have said. You fail to perform your duties. But operationally, the only people who are accountable to the committee is the, is the, is the, is the executive. 
So, so, so we do follow ups on the issue, for instance, of the solar water heater, uh, solar water heaters. This committee, I think, has conducted two oversights. One of the things it has made, which consistently asked for report backs, we were told now that solar water heaters have been put in the roofs and so forth. Obviously, the, you, it's been difficult for a committee to leave every, every week, go and check what is happening. At the appropriate time, it will go and see whether these things are there. With all due respect, and I'm not blaming uh, our predecessor, the truth of the matter is that it is this committee 2019 that resuscitated the issue of the solar water heater kids. Two, it is this committee when on the side of the energy side, the DG had gone out to challenge the AG's findings. And we said, you can't do that. Take out that case in court. The AG is the final authority when it comes to audit outcomes. And that had happened. So, so my point I'm trying to come to is that as long as we are not channeled according to what we are supposed to perform as a committee. I don't want to enter. Let me also go to this thing because there were differences. Let's not, and I always caution people, members of parliament, whether we like it or not, that's our, unfortunately our system that we adopted. Let's hope after, after 2024, it will be different because you'll have a constitu- also a constituency-based system or, or, or whatever we call it. But the truth of the matter is that it is not, there's nothing wrong to have differences. But when we create MPs and put them under one roof as if they are all the same. For instance, let's make it the point that we are raising with regards to car powership. Yes, there were strong other strong views, but let's be honest. It was only when the committee was meeting that the letter was written a night before. That's when it landed, a night before the committee could meet. The committee was not meeting because somebody reached to the committee. I think it's not an accurate information. The committee had to deliberate because there was something in the public domain about, and let's be clear, about the contract. It was about the contract, not about the manner in which, for an example, in which the, 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 the thing was taken. And the committee, the argument, as, yes, there were members who said, no, no, but these days, this routine. It is allowed that in any democratic environment, argument may vary. The committee said, no, no, no. There are allegations against the conduct of the department in our thing, a tender to a specific company. And the committee must zoom to those allegations because there was nothing brought before the committee than before. And hence it focused on that. It doesn't mean then for the committee not to agree and some members being of the view, it doesn't mean that we are ignoring civil society. I don't think it is correct. Currently, when it comes to the fuel prices, you will look at how far the committee started consultation with stakeholders and any other people with regards to the crisis of fuel hikes. I wouldn't say that committee was not doing what it is supposed to do. So, so, so I'm, I'm not dismissing what, what for me is being raised here. But I think when it comes to the, even to recommendations, I don't want to go to constituency work because my view is that, like you say, uh, Liz was saying, I agree with you physically. And this is what this, we have said that, especially on the B triple R's, we'll have to do them physically. 
But we must also understand that we travel to Cape Town almost every week on Mondays. Constituency work is done on weekends. These members, when we take them now, as we are going to be taking them, we are taking them away from their constituency work. But I wouldn't know how do we do assessment of constituency work because we did call it wrong. Yes, we've got the parliamentary constituency offices, but whether we like it or not, they are politically aligned. It means their performance at the end of the day will also be subject to how much the authority of the political party responsible for that constituency office requires itself. So I will agree with yourself, but I'll be honest, I don't want to promise a pie in the sky. The truth of the matter is that the system of parliament makes it very difficult to have vigorous and continuous engagement because members themselves share, share committees. You don't have a member who is, there may be few where there are members who are permanent in this committee. As we speak, three of the committee members, committee members here, not three, four committee members here, are sitting in the section 194, which deals with the issue of the public protect. It means they are spread. Some of them will serve in other different committees. So I thought I must, I must lay this thing so that in terms of the engagement and trying to improve, most definitely this committee, we wouldn't even have invited you, would have said, ah, this one, they are just saying whatever. We brought you so that let's exchange ideas. Uh, Liz, no, at any given moment, can she, she can pick up the phone, say, I want to see you. I want to alert you on one, two, and three. That's to me the environment I always say it is supposed to be. Be courteous, re- recognize the role of each civil society. So I, I want us to deal with that kind of an engagement. Um, and I think uh, members have said from time to time we are willing to learn. Let me give it to you, Outer. Thank you, Chair. Before I um, um, give over to, to, to Liz and, and, and Rachel, maybe they can answer specific questions. I think I, um, you know, uh, um, I, I like what you said. Sometimes we need to uh, agree to disagree. But what I want to reiterate, and there I agree with you wholeheartedly, it, it, it is about making the system better. You know, we can criticize, but that's not going to help. And, and, and we can be at each other's throats. It's not going to help. It is to take hands and take this further. So I just want to reiterate a few things and the reason why, you know, we, we, we also, um, you know, we really respect the, 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 the opportunity to be here today because why are we here? It, it, you know, it's why are we all here? That includes um, this committee is our constitution. And what does our constitution say? And this is the basis for, um, you know, our report is, is trying to make it better. So firstly, we do appreciate that, you know, the National Assembly in terms of Section 48 takes an oath and say that we, we must uh, – swear or affirm faithfulness to the republic so we are here because we are faithful to because this committee is faithful to the republic and is obedient to the constitution and then also we appreciate and 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 would like to assist you know um parliament in 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 terms of their powers because in in terms of section 55 you know the national assembly must provide mechanisms to ensure that all executive organs of state in the national sphere of government are accountable 
to it. So if we do not have the mechanisms to hold them to account, and it, it's not about being di- di- dictatorial, it's about holding them to account, making sure that they do what they're all supposed to do, we need to change the mechanisms. So they, um, um, the same section says to maintain oversight over the exercise of national executive in, um, um, uh, authority, including implementation of legislation and any organ of state. So hopefully, you know, our research in this conversation will assist you in continuing your, um, you know, your holding um, national sphere of government to account. And we are thankful because we understand in terms of Section 59 that a National Assembly must must facilitate public involvement, um, conduct its um, business in an open manner. So I really want to congratulate you in fulfilling that obligation by, for example, we realize we are not, definitely not the the only parties, but um, um, are, are, are really happy to be here. And then just finally, before I hand over to my colleagues, is that we appreciate that, um, um, that, you know, cabinet minister and deputy ministers, in terms of our constitution, in terms of section 96, um, um, are also accountable to national assembly. Um, and, and, and that is why we felt that we need to do research um, and, 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 and that's why we attend some committees and try and be of assistance in order to assist you in holding them um, to account, is to recognize the successes and trying to assist in where there is some um, uh, fall, sh- uh, you know, where there is falling short. But uh, um, from me, um, um, thank you so much again for the opportunity. Liz, over to you. Thanks, thanks, Esther. Thanks, Chair. Thank you very much. I, I, I think if I was an MP, I would be saying exactly what um, Honourable Malinga was saying. Because that frustration, I think we we all sharing it. So I, I'm going to. Um, so I also want to say that it's it's unfortunate that you've only got our 2021 report now and we haven't got the 2022 report in hand because in the 2022 report we have for example captured the gas hearings and the public participation that took place we have um uh covered some of the the issues of the the environment within M- within which MPs have to operate uh we've we've covered some of that so I, i'm just going to share a few things um uh around that and then I will just make sure that I check all the questions. Um but I was just quickly looking to see if I had that that uh graph to show you that we had captured it. So so um maybe just starting with the chair okay maybe I should start at the beginning but I got excited with the with the conversation with those comments. So sorry um Honourable members, I, you, you have a hard job trying to write all your questions uh, down. I'm not used to having so many at once. Um, so the the assessments. So so how do we work it? Because it is done. We 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 sat 
three years ago and thought, how, how do we, if you want to make it fair and you want to assess Parliament's engagements and where they get the information and how they, how, what matrix could we use? So we thought that one of the things was to say, how many civil society organizations do they uh, engage with? The other thing was to say, how many days of public hearings do they have? Um, and uh, yeah, I think those. And then the other one was, and this comes to uh, Honorable Mahlala, is that the other issue was around Indabas. So previously, and are we talking maybe two parliaments back, um, this committee, which was in that case, in that time, the, the energy committee and not the minerals and energy, um, used to, the, what they did is they acknowledged they didn't know so much about energy. And it was the time when renewable energy was coming into the mix. They would hold what they called a, what was called a sort of mini indaba, where they would invite stakeholders in a particular topic to a meeting and the chair would simply chair the meeting and let, uh, and the department would be there and the civil society would ask questions or make comments and MPs could then observe and, uh, and ask their own questions of the civil society and of the department. But it was an opportunity uh, facilitated by parliament to enable this engagement in order to learn and to see what were the, the challenges. So, so I think that's those those gatherings were quite um, useful, and um, so so that was one aspect that we wanted to to look at. But those gatherings have not been uh, happening over the last few years. Um, so so that's how we calculate. The other thing is that you guys um, you have a lot of meetings, and I, I think that's acknowledged. When we look at the calculation, if you look in the report, we give those tables. And so when it looks like um, that the minister is appearing or the deputy minister, and it, it, the, if you look at the comparison, we had to do it by percentage because some committees don't meet as, lot, as, ma as uh, many times and others meet many more times. So it's a percentage of the meetings at the minister or the deputy minister. The calculation includes the deputy minister, so it's the minister or the deputy minister, because we do understand that ministers can be busy and therefore the deputy minister um, might attend. And we absolutely, you know, uh, political heads of departments have duties they have to do. And um, I don't think it would be realistic to expect them to attend every meeting uh, because that's what you have the department there for. Um, so, uh yeah maybe that's i hope that's covered it the other calculation which i think is is important uh chair is the sources of information and speaks to the researchers is is i remember very many years ago um how being with a group of um, new parliamentarians meeting with another country in the north where they said every mp has a researcher so we don't have the resources in the South to do that. But we are under-resourced in Parliament if you only have one researcher per committee. And I do think that this is something we need to look at because we engage with the research unit. And I, I can't remember how many researchers there are, but there's a lot of researchers there. I just can't remember the number. We asked them 
where do you get your information, you know, uh, and and how do you put your reports together? And do you publish your reports? Uh, and there was a general acknowledgement within the re- researchers that we met that this should happen. But in fact, there's some blockage somewhere that it doesn't happen. So Alta itself was pushing that. Um, so the research reports that your, uh, researchers put together might be, might be, um, usefully put together by the research units, but we don't know what they are and we can't offer comment on them. Um, but what we did do was take the Burr reports and look at whether a Burr report refers to any other sort of reference than the department. Now this, Again, may be due to the structure of the report, but in previous parliaments, they used to say, we heard from these, this organization raised valid points and they brought, brought it into the observations around Burr. And that I think was where one of our, where we thought it would be a useful recommendation is obviously as parliament, um, you can, and, and it's a comp, so I understand the, the fraughtness of the, the administrative process to sort of motivate to go on site visits, but you could invite, and particularly now we have virtual reality, you could invite various stakeholders to give you uh, their analysis of the department's performance um, ahead of the borough so that then you can use that information when you're compiling your 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 borough questions and the borough report uh, to augment your research capacity. This is this is one of the things we were thinking. And I mean, and also to say that doesn't mean you have to take what we say. You can listen and you can, you know, ignore it if you don't. It, that's your prerogative. Um, but to give people the space to to put the issues on the table um, when there are people out there who are looking specifically at electrification progress who are looking specifically at um, some of the other issues, you know, the, the, the issues that you, you are dealing with. So, um, and yeah, there's lawlessness in the mining sector on the West Coast, uh, Chairperson, as I've said to you, and it's very difficult. Um, people are too scared to speak out. And these are the kinds of issues that we, 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 we do believe that people should feel comfortable to, to get hold of the committee and that the committee would pick it up. Um, I just want to, so the progress, um, yeah, I don't think that this committee has really protected the department. I, I mean, I, I'm just looking. I don't, in, in my, I think you have been very vocal in, in uh, in raising issues, but that's not the same across all committees. So just to recall, remember that the general part of the report is is covering um, eight to ten committees and with, of the national assembly, so which is about a third of them. Um, so so in terms of the progress, we we the recommend. I think this is the frustrations that is is. If we have to chase something for three years and we are still not actually seeing results on the ground, what is it that one can do? Um, and uh, so I think you have tried. You have put in timelines. You've asked the reports by the first quarter. Um, and 
I, I guess um, the what we are seeing and uh, is that maybe it maybe it's a situation where you yes is you give Nexa uh, time to get fixed, but how much time? Uh, it's like ESCOM. How much time do we give ESCOM? And at what point do we become frustrated? And um, um, you know they are they are taking our money the whole time and they're not delivering. So so maybe you know the the, the intervention needs to be that we need to reduce their their budgets and give it to others that are deserving and are delivering. Um, so so those for for us I think those are some of the the issues. Um, the reports and budgets to the national assembly. So. The reports that you as a committee produce, like the Burr report, my understanding that it is accepted as by the National Assembly and it becomes a report of Parliament, the whole of Parliament. So one assumes, therefore, the, the budget recommendations, if you made a report on that, that would be a report of Parliament. So there is uh, legislation within the Appropriations and the Division of Revenue Acts that do govern what you can do in terms of um the the budgets but i am going not that's not my expertise um so i would uh, defer to others but i can certainly provide you with additional information or we we as alta can provide you uh, with additional information um um yeah so i i do feel, think that we are uh, maybe as frustrated as you but we feel that there must be something that can be done in terms of this constant sliding where we are dealing with the same issues over and over again. Um, but I, I, I also think that, uh, and maybe this is just progress, but the 2022 report is going to show how, how you have um, picked up and followed through um, on some of the issues because we, we have seen that uh, in our, in our analysis. Um, so when you get that report, you, you will, you will see that. Um, you acceptable engagement levels. Um, I think that the, the IRP, uh, hearings were also a good, a good level of engagement. And, um, where this was also before your time, but it was where they had a series of involvement with people coming in to present. And then at the end, a round table was organized with different stakeholders with differing views to also come and sort of not debate, but just have a little bit of facilitated through the chair discussion around certain topics that that uh, could uh, help the committee to to make up its own mind, obviously. Um, then, yeah, so, uh, and the numbers of, uh, so I, I also just wanted to say, to just give you an example in terms of stakeholder engagement. Yes, you do engage with some stakeholders, but often they are government stakeholders, like PASA, or they are industry stakeholders, so power, um, uh, and, and, um, that. So, so for me, it would be to, to look at the diversity of stakeholders and do you have civil society, um, uh, things. I, I do recall that 
there was an engagement with uh, families in, in one instance, and maybe that could have also been broadened to organizations like Makawa in that particular instance. Again, the Makawa uh, engagement is also recent. It will come come through. Um, shoo. Um, let me just, just sorry, Chair. So, so when we looked into Parliament and we looked at the, the oversight uh, report and we looked at the We've, we see that Parliament is trying to create, for example, a public participation index. Um, but it seems to be mainly aimed at communication. So we also are engaging them, uh, Parliament admin around these, these kinds of issues of where do Parliament, where, how can Parliament get the resources and how do you measure? Because it's, 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 to have a, a committee that's broadcast on YouTube is communication, but that's not participation because the people on the other side can't actually participate. They are, they are simply hearing the information. So how does parliament ensure that these kinds of things um, happen and that they measure it correctly? Then, um, so I've covered the research section. Yeah. So. Um, I, I apologize if you feel attacked. Um, and maybe it's a common sense of frustration that you have expressed. Um, is, is that I think you have had many meetings and you, you have asked the hard questions, but, but then, you know, sometimes no action happens and, and, you know, then what? Um, and so from our perspective, what we feel is would be important is to start looking at the power to have in terms of the um, of the budget. Um, then, okay, that's that. So, and my understanding that Nexa gets at least a billion from the department. So that would be that state money, uh, and therefore they should account. So, and I, I want to say that I'm very pleased that you managed to get them to account. I think it's just on the cusp of our of our of our um, report um then yeah the civil society engagement i think we've covered that i think we've covered the researchers um yeah I, I maybe i just wanted to say is that as this committee you have an an impossible burden because you have two very large departments um to conduct oversight. And so again, in terms of the political area, maybe in the next era, you need a, a an energy department and a mineral department, which we did have at one stage. And then they were squished back together the last time. And I, I do think that that's really uh, makes it very, very difficult, um, to, to conduct oversight. But I think I. Sorry, uh, so sorry, honourable members. If I if there's a if there's a question I didn't actually answer. If I, if I just want to say about the maybe just to clarify the car power. Yes, there was a case where where there was a meeting to be had on car power, and a letter was written. Then subsequently, another letter was written. Um, when it became apparent that. The committee was narrowly focused on the con, I think the contract and there was another rival company. So, 
Um, I think the issue was it would have, we felt, have been respectful to have come back to the civil society organizations and maybe explained what was happening or engaged them on what exactly the issue was and they've then included that in your deliberations. So I think that if I provide clarity there. Um, the overs- yeah, I, I think part of the issue is, is and maybe this requires uh, additional meetings and engagements, is we often don't know what is happening on the inside um, and we can only see what we see on the outside. So, um, and maybe there is space to therefore engage around specific issues to see how civil society and members of parliament or how you can you ask us for help, what we can do. But we are continuing these reports and we will continue to assess. Um, and this is the first year we've really looked at the capacity side of what members of parliament can do from a even if the structure is 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 not working to facilitate oversight, you know. If it's dragging, how, how, how can MPs, um, what can they do and, um, how can they, they, um, really strengthen their oversight? But I guess for, if I want to summarize from, from our perspective is we think it's getting more information from diverse sources would be good and, um, holding those kinds of hearings before the boroughs. Um, and also, um, being, or, and this is maybe for you as MPs to raise internally is that as we have engaged with the parliamentary administrations, we think that reports should be publicly available on the websites so that, um, South Africa can see, um, how the, the, the parliament is making decisions and, what information they're using and who they're engaging with. And we do want to congratulate you on the gas bill hearings uh, for this year. But as again, again, it doesn't come into the report that we presented to you, which is the last year one. Thank you. I'm not sure if I answered everything, but um, thanks. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity again. It's really, and I'm very pleased to hear that Burr is going to happen physically. Perhaps um, if there are additional items, uh, Stefani. Okay. Um, if, if I could supplement just some of the items that have received responses um, in this nature. Um, thank you, Honorable Malham, on indicating with the tracking and tracing on the budgetary review and recommendation reports and seeing the follow through on the annual performance plans in the following year. Um, looking at these items certainly shows then that you are cognizant of what's been lifted and what has been addressed by the department. You did ask in terms of additional recommendations that we could make. And once again, as indicated by Liz, uh, this oversight review report that we have done looked at a number of committees of which mineral resources and energy was one. So please bear in mind that this is not only a targeted focus in our comments on all members of parliament, or I mean for just for the portfolio committee, it's, it's comments and overall. 
But um, an interesting example that we have found in this current report is the Portfolio Committee on Home Affairs. So what they have done in um, following the 21st November um, report that they submitted, the BRR, they went and got feedback from the government department where each of the recommendations were listed together with the response from the government where they currently are in the process of attending to those items of concern. And if they are not in process to attend to this, what do they plan to do? And um, this then is signed off by Minister Motsualedi, and it was also submitted to the Speaker of Parliament. Now, this was quite interesting to see. You have the report. You have an almost immediate, within a month, a response from government on these items. And then the follow-through um, occurring to the Speaker in the next year. Then we look again to the APP. And this was the only instance that I found under the portfolio committees that we were analyzing. So that, for example, could be an active exercise to look into to improve the process. Looking at the budget and, you know, the indication of to what extent can the portfolio committee engage with the budget is what I do find interesting that part of the work that parliament can do and then, of course, this does also then speak to the awareness of the work that we do um, and how we interpret it, is that uh, the committees do have one of the functions is to monitor and oversee the work and the budgets of the national government departments and then hold them to account. And this also then means that you deal with the departmental budget votes. So to what extent you can actually go amend these, um, that you need to clarify internally. But as far as we understand, you certainly do have a role to critically engage with those budgets and where there are concerns to speak to them. Then um, I do want to respond to Honourable Malinga and, and thank you for your frankness and indicating your feelings toward the response once again, we can say this does look at the number of committees that we have analyzed in our research. You did ask whether we mean to say you are irrelevant. By no means, quite the opposite. You certainly are not irrelevant. Actually, you are in an extremely privileged position. You are extremely relevant and you do have the power to effect change. And when we do these reports, yes, they are critical, but critical doesn't only mean in the negative sense. We need to point out where there are gaps and challenges, but then we also do provide opportunities for improvement. So we also see that as our civil responsibility, and certainly you can action on those relevance. I do take note of you indicating you do not run a PR company, and indeed your mandate is different, but we have to be aware of the realities of South Africa we rank 91st out of 110 countries globally in terms of um, our internet penetration rates. It is currently 53% if you consider where we are. So only about 38 million um, active internet users do we have in the country. So a large proportion of our citizens do not have access. And we have to be realistic that this increases the digital divide. And if you do have access to internet, it doesn't mean it's access in your home. It is also questionable where you get this access. It's also questionable how good your access is, how often you have the access. 
And let us compound that with general media and information and digital literacy. So by saying this information is made available online for citizens to search, we need to question the reality of their capabilities to do so and whether there is an additional responsibility to make sure they can do this. Um, I have, to an extent, um, also addressed Honourable Madokwe's concern regarding um, to have recommendations for improvement. Once again, you have the opportunity to monitor, track and trace the recommendations in the BRR reports and then see how it's reflected in the APPs. You also asked, um, in terms of public participation, how can this be improved? And, and I'm wondering to what extent can you consider or encourage a development of a working group? I don't know if there's already something like that in place. I'm sure there are many working groups available within the civil society, non-government organization, NPO sphere, together with other government entities. But perhaps if this is something to be established or that you want to form part of, maybe it can become one of the shared responsibilities of the PC or one of the members to let's say, observe these type of working group meetings. So similarly, how you invited us to engage in your meeting, one of you might engage in those working group meetings. So that could be something for considerations. And I also have to take a note of Honorable Mughlaule on your indication on we need to consider that, you know, Having these meetings or not having meetings, agreeing or disagreeing, um, no, if you disagree, doesn't mean we scratch it out as public participation. Uh, you've rightly indicated, uh, Honorable Chairperson, that this is dialogue and dialogue is between multiple parties. Where we do find disagreements, that is normally where we find change and growth. So indeed, we can under or support positive efforts and endeavors. But we're also looking at growth, particularly with our eyes on our next elections. And um, also, a Chairperson, thank you so much for your frankness, the acknowledgement that indeed the Portfolio Committee, Parliament in general, do have restrictions. Uh, we do take note of being under-resourced in terms of content advisors and researchers, um, if this is something that could be amended or worked on, it would certainly add value because, I mean, research does form a foundation um, going forward and it does inform your decision making as well. Yes, we understand that it is difficult to promise um, pies in the skies. Um, nobody is perfect. No institution is perfect. But once again, um, at least collaborating towards meeting um, more strength. And a, a better sound institution is something we should always aim towards. From my side, um, once again, many of the items that you have raised um, are based also on the report that you have received. We do look forward to share with you the latest report once it is available. We do hope that it appears or it influences your budgetary review recommendations reports. And as we have found in our analysis, Normally, within the opening sections of the budgetary review recommendation reports, there is an acknowledgement of what sources uh, were reviewed and that it um, considered, like um, the AXA reports, other audited reports, annual reports that you review. And therein, you can acknowledge 
you know, for example, CSO reports, other research reports that could give additional depth. And um, also, if there are any sustainable development goals uh, considerations, and specifically national development plan. We are within the decade of change with our eyes on 2030 to meet those various indicators. I believe there are 119 within the national development plan of which energy electricity provision is a major consideration. So seeing this also clearly defined in the Burj certainly underscores that the portfolio committee and even the department acknowledges and recognizes us to meet those indicators. So that is all from my side. I don't know if our um, division manager, Advocate Fick, would like to add anything before we go back to the portfolio committee. No, thank you. I'm grateful for the team's input. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I'm not sure that there are any, some members want to, but I think uh, there is a common understanding. Um, uh, but if there is a member who feels that, uh, my take is feel free, Outer. Um, we are here. I always say the fact that you are elected into being a member of parliament does not mean that you possess natural wisdom. You are better than someone. We, we, we all learn. And, and mem- any any individual who is not prepared um, to 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 engage um, is 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 prone to ignorance. We are one of the I, I've served in committee in committees for five years. I would say when we started, I would have thought that your report would say it was more like a chaos. Uh, environment. But I think from time to time we realize that uh, we need each other. We, I may not like some members of this committee, but the truth of the matter is that they are here because they were elected through their own parties. So we have adopted the strategy that says any member who raises an issue, let's discuss it. And if it makes sense, take it regardless which party that person comes from. Material. I can tell you now we are going to be doing oversight on the issue of illegal mining. Some of the recommendation, recommended areas were not from one party. We then said, no, if this, this makes sense, let's attend to it. Because at the end of the day, our people must not suffer and be prejudiced just by virtue of our own political privileges that we are these ones and this one. I, I would say this. Uh, even when we do things, some they will tell you, hey, Chair, where did you get that money, that position? Because we have not discussed as a committee. And, and that's how accountability is. Um, make members feel free. That's the starting point of, to express their views. But um, like I said, even in other civil society organizations, we must never see civil society as opponents. But also they must not see us as members of parliament as, uh, as, 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 as antagonistic. Yes, we come from different political backgrounds, but also committees of parliament, they don't perform in the same way. I, I would assure you that, that that one. So when we work with civil society, we see them giving us complementary work. One of the things, even with um, others I won't mention, them, I've said, feel free. Like uh, Liz, Liz sits almost in every meeting and um, she has become part of, uh, I don't want to say part of the furniture of parliament, 
but she has become part of part of us. Um, she knows what to share. She can talk to anyone aside. Look, this is what I think has to be done. What I always advise from a civil society and the nature in which our parliament is organized, feel free. If I'm making an example, it doesn't mean we're comparing. Making an example. If we're going to deal, let's say, for arguments, say, with the BRRs, there is nothing wrong because in the procedures of parliament, nothing says then do this before that. There's nothing wrong to write to the committee and say, yes, we know you'll be dealing with the BRRs. Please note one, two, and three. This is our view, our input. It then helps to empower, usually after, before every committee meeting, from the research unit, we get guidance. Like, for instance, like you, you say, that's what we do. On the, when we are going to go to the BRRs, we'll get what we call briefing a briefing document that the committee had agreed on this. These are the recommendations it has made. The department has failed to comply or to do anything one, two, three. It then helps members that when they engage with the department, at least they have got a background briefing from the research unit and the content advisor. And even now, but that should not be limited only like you say. Civil society must, must keep us engaged it doesn't mean we must have a physical meeting. It must keep us engaged, providing us information um, so that members get empowered. Um, it, I, I may read your document, I may disagree with it, but it means there is knowledge that I would have gained, that there is this other way of thinking that is there. Uh, in the absence of anything, I'm not sure outer than whether you want to make your final comments uh closing remarks uh, and then uh, we then have to finish with the item let me give it any of you who is uh, leading um um i just want to i think uh, just on behalf of the team and 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 Liz can also um uh, just address you again um is to say thank you thank you for for the opportunity and thank you for for you know that we can have this i i agree with you um 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 honorable chair is that you know um we agree to disagree but that's that is that is part of the democracies that we can we can talk and 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 if there is you know, if there's something we can learn from from this, that's that's what we should do. If you, um, you know, if you if you, the day you stop learning, I think you you know you 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 should go and retire and 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 sit somewhere. And then even then, I think there's retired people that will disagree. You learn each and every day. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us the right of, 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 of reply. And, um, you know, thank you for welcoming us um, 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 into your, into your mists. And we will see you in, in future parliamentary meetings. I mean, Chris is there with Liz um, and, 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 and Rachel, who is the manager there. So this is, this will definitely not be the last opportunity. So thank you so much. I, I, I guess there's not much to say. It's the funny said at all. But I just want to say I've I've watched this committee and I've watched the the, the chairperson under the leadership of this chairperson, and I I really think that in all the troubled times that we've gone through in the last few years, uh, Honourable Lizzie, you have really uh, shown 
you know, you've shown how how uh, Parliament can work. And yeah, so I shared the frustrations. Uh, I think, um, and we are very keen to help move even further forward. Um, and and I'm yeah looking forward to meeting you all in the in the Burr meetings uh, in a couple of weeks time. So thank you, thank you for this engagement. Thank you very much. Thank you, Auta. You are not dismissed again. Committee meetings are open to the public. Um, even this exercise, from time to time, we always say that uh, um, we advise it's good to be civil society to always be with this committee where they have an interest. They've got a right to input. They've got a right. And this is what I told some of them, that... Uh, for instance, if we go to an area, it's good that they give us a pre-briefing. Um, remember that um, the committee, uh, only the executive accounts to the committee. And um, some of the ways and means that uh, we can make them successfully account is to be armed with information. So when we go to a place, it is there's nothing wrong to give and say, where you are going, please note of this because or say no, don't our advice. We may choose take it, we may not take don't go in this area, go to this area where you are taken to. It's because you are going to get all the glossy information, not what we think you are supposed to know. What is we know that in some cases what they are giving us is not what they are doing. Unfortunately, I always say the paper does not refuse the ink that is put on it. So feel free that um, when we've got a program of the committee and there are certain things that you want, we, you must influence us to say, look, Chair, we think that uh, you forgot this and this. Can you please consider it? Or even converse members. It's unfortunate we have made it very bad now that uh, members can be conversed to say, when you sit, please, can you make sure that not converse the views, but converse issues. Can you make sure that this issue also gets their attention so that uh, when we draft a program like we'll be doing now, it takes into cognizance what uh, is a general feeling. Unfortunately, you can take as much as um, you, you could. Um, and with the interventions of parliament, you, you will know now that whatever we are doing, we are, we are closing in November. <laughs> and parliament has been very strict that if there is a recess period or constituency period, they don't want to allow any meetings uh, to take place that, that, that during that time, because that's where you must go. So we'll have those limitations. But thank you very much, Auta. And I think we've had a very constructive discussion. Uh, it, is, it is good to, to have such, uh, such discussion. Uh, honorable members, uh, without you can you can excuse yourselves uh, you can because uh, meetings of the committee are also open to to the public can we now i under flag flag the um, the program yes go up we don't see we see the part Wait to okay. go, go down. Go down. We must see the dates. Okay. okay. The, the first one. 
The first one is the oversight victim, uh, oversight um, meeting, which is Pumalanga uh, on illegal mining, together with the two other portfolio committees, that is the police and uh, home affairs. Then uh, when we come back on Tuesday, immediately Tuesday is a briefing by the uh, SGSA and uh, by the MRE, and then uh, also by uh, Mine Health and Safety Council and the Mine Health and Safety Inspectorate. You will recall, honorable members, the Mine Health and Safety Inspectorate, it is part of the programs of the department, but we have agreed long time ago that it must go together with Mine Health and Safety Council so that we can see the correlations between the two. Uh, That's where it will go, the program, uh, until we finish at night. This is another thing, if outer is still here, is a problem. We get squeezed on these beautiful hours in such a way that uh, we must finish in two weeks or three weeks, and you can see how impossible at times uh, it becomes difficult to deal with with such things. Then uh, we hope uh, there will be no caucuses from our respective uh, parties. If if that is the case, it means that meeting may take place after the House sitting, where we will get reports from Sanedi, NNR, NRADI, and CG and uh, CGS. Then uh, followed by NAXA and SAF. Then uh, fifteen sixteen, it will be the oversight visit. Uh, in Northwest, uh, Rustenburg, and the Clerkstorp. But we start in Clerkstorp. Members will be briefed as time goes on by the preparations arrangement, again with the two other portfolio committees, police and um, home affairs. 18, we are dealing with the tabling of the first draft of the BRRRs, but also we'll deal with the draft of the oversight visit in Quebec. Uh, which was in April. Thursday, again, we hope in the absence of uh, a, 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 a report we will, of a caucus, we will do the adoption of the BRR uh, and the adoption of the oversight visit in Quebec. Then uh, Friday, we hope we'll have a joint oversight visit with the PC. You will recall that's what we are great with the PC on public enterprises to Quebec. Thursday 25, we look at a joint PC with the Committee on Employment and Labor, specifically to look on the issue of the state and the role of uh, the uh, departments with regards to mine dam stroke tailings. We'll also request a briefing by water and sanitation with regards to the issue of the water use license, specifically with specific reference to Yahas Fontaine. Um, but we said that we will also have to invite the portfolio committee on water and sanitation with regards to that. Then um, there'll be a briefing by the uh, minister on all Glencore activities in South Africa, as well as the mining rights. 
that is on the 28th. On the 1st of November, you look at a joint PC of employment and labor and water and sanitation. We will be a briefing by MinTech and Council for Geoscience on the status and challenges um, of mine dams, stroke tailings. Then we look at the issue of uh, joint oversight on a Friday 4th uh, with the PC on public enterprise on the status of some of the power plants. Then um, November 8th, we will be get a briefing from the department on the state of mining rehabilitation fund, as well as a briefing on the investigations relating to the three regions, which is Limpopo, Pumalanga, and Northwest. November 15, we'll be looking at the briefing by DMRE on the first, second quarter performance reports, as well as in the update on the solar water heater program. Then uh, Friday, November 18, a joint meeting uh, with uh, Standing Committee on Finance and uh, Transport on Fuel Prices. Then um, is a tabling of the first consolidated report on the 9-13 first draft of the consolidated report on legal mining. Then the consideration of the, on November 29, consideration and adoption of the first term program, consideration and and, uh, adopting of all outstanding reports and uh, including the report on illegal mining, uh, then uh, the minutes. That's uh, that's what that's how the program stands, honourable members. Is there any take? Is there any take? I see the hand of honourable Mylem and then honourable Lorima. Any other hand? Honourable Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, a couple of comments. Um, the, the first is we, we've had a couple of joint committee meetings with uh, public enterprises, and every single one of those has ended with questions being asked by members of this committee and then not being answered. Um, where where the, the, the answers have been postponed to the next meeting or promised in writing or whatever. And I understand the concern of an organization like ATA that, that we are not effectively doing oversight if we are not getting the answers that we ask in those meetings. So I really want to raise a flag and say that that it's all very well to have these joint committee meetings, but the the, the, the rushed nature of them doesn't allow us to to probe or get insight or get the answers that we're looking for if we put pertinent questions on the table and they're not answered. So I want to bring that to your attention. The second issue that I want to draw to your attention, Chair, is that there is absolutely nothing in this program addressing the upstream petroleum development uh, uh, bill. And it is a priority bill. It's something that we've been talking about for a while but I see absolutely nothing in this program to to deal with that. The third thing that I want to draw to your attention, Chair, is that there's been a lot of talk for the better part of a year now about the uh, Just Transition Fund 
the $8.5 billion that has been allocated to South Africa for uh, enabling a transition away from fossil fuels. And I, I really believe it's something that we as a portfolio committee need to, to be briefed on. We need a status report of what the current plans are, what, uh, what is foreseen, and what progress, what progress has been made to date. Lastly, Chairperson, uh, I am and I remain concerned that load shedding does not appear to be a priority of this, con- this committee, and I think it's re- reflected on the program that we have not really prioritized the electricity crisis to the extent that it deserves. Thank you, Chair. Thanks, Chair, and good morning. Um, I second my colleague on the mysterious absence of discussion on the um, upstream petroleum bill. Um, there are two big issues in mining at the moment. One is illegal mining, which we seem to be covering comprehensively, so that's good. The other one, though, is the um, mining cadastral system and the state of the backlog in mining. And I was wondering whether we could perhaps fit into the program somewhere a briefing by the department on the status as regards progress towards a new cadastral system and the backlog in mining. Thank you. Oh, Honourable Malam, there was point one. It was the joint the joint committee in terms of the questions. I see the joint um, funding on the joint on the issue of just energy transition, then load shedding. What was number two? Chairperson, the upstream petroleum development bill. Oh yes, energy oh. transition uh, and then load shedding. Load. Yeah, I see. Upstream Okay. Yes, Honorable Malinga, I see your hand. Yes, Chair. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for the, the delay. Chairperson, also maybe uh, you remember we had a we have a challenge with the licensing regime. Uh, with the department. And in most of the oversights where we are, in most of the sites where we are conducting this oversights on illegal mining, the stakeholders there continue raising the issue of the, the processes of licenses. I, I don't know how we can filter that chair in the program as well. The, 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 the issue with what is the hold up to grant, whether it's prospecting rights, whether it's mining rights by the department, which leads to people uh, engaging in this illegal uh, mining chair. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Let me, let me start with this one. No, Honorable Malam, let me explain. Honorable Lang, I hear that there is something like your voice. No, no, it's fine, Chair, maybe after you have responded. Okay. Look, Honorable Mailam, let me start with this thing of the joint committee. I, I think let's accept that we have always been unfortunate. I don't know what's happening with COPEC. If you recall, one is that when we had this week, we were supposed to go to COPEC. 
we were told of a number of things that uh, we should have done one, two, and three, and we couldn't. We went on the second, then uh, with a properly planned meeting. Unfortunately, we were delayed in terms of the tour and other things when uh, members had to rush for, for flights at the same time. And we couldn't do justice. Subsequently, we convened the meeting. Again, during that time, it happened that uh, whilst we were starting to, to the meeting, there was a meeting scheduled. We had to sh- cut the meeting short. Equally, when uh, we were dealing with the issue now, recently, we were then told that there is many plenaries. I think uh, whilst I agree with the point that you are raising, we then agreed that instead, let's go back to square one, have a full day meeting at Quebec together as, as the two committees. Instead now of dealing with the issue that was only related to Quebec, let's deal with all the issues that relate to the challenges faced by ESCOM and then be able, we said we'll combine the two because there was an instruction from the speakers of it. I would then appeal and say, let's then allow that meeting that we agreed. When is the date? I under, there is a Friday that we set, we set aside for a visit together, which will take also the issue that relates to what the committee is sitting with. The speaker had written that these two committees must deal with the issue of the offload shedding. We are trying our best, but when you look at uh, how compressed this program is. The only thing that we are having, let's look, we then said when we adopt the preliminary part of the report, it will also talk to now this meeting that is that will be taking place because the committee had resolved that it must attend those two or they must attend comprehensively on the issues, not just only facing Quebec, but we are going to Quebec to finalize that, but also the issues that are faced as in general, including the issue of load shedding. It's a full day. We even said if we have to finish at nine, so be it at night, as long as we have dealt with this thing. But when you look in terms of that process, it is the first, one of the first things after the B3RRs. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do now. We are confined to the B3RRs. I, I think we will, we will try and check and invite the minister to come and brief us on the Just Energy Transition Funding. I don't know how much, um, if I listened properly um, from, um, uh, was it the GCO of ESCOM? They were talking about that they even themselves are not privy to that information because it is handled at the level of the presidency. But I don't think it's something that um, we, will, we, we will check and, and, and say that maybe by the time, maybe I, I want to put it like that, uh, that maybe by the time we go and having that full day meeting at Quebec, it should also include that briefing on the Just Energy Transition Funding. So they, I'm saying the Lord said those two, are, we, will, we will deal with them effectively on the 21st. I understand the point where you are coming, that questions have not been raised. That is why we ended up setting a full day to, to deal with that issue. Um, Honorable Lorima, should I, I'll come to the upstream petroleum resource development bill. Uh, Honorable Lorima, um, the cadastral system. I thought when we said we're inviting the department, maybe let's put it crispy, as you say, 
Beside the issue of briefing us on the, remember the investigation that took place on the three provinces. It was precisely about the backlog and why there was such backlog. Maybe then let's talk to the point that you are raising, including what um, we we talked about with regards to the licensing, uh, with regards to Glencore. But let's let's put it crisply that the department must also, in the issue of the report on the investigation conducted, they must also give us a status, the status, give a status update with regards to the new cadastral system. I, I agree. I don't think it's a problem. I think it will also address the point that Honorable Mandinga was raising in, in, with, with regards to that in terms of some interventions that uh, this system can do. <clears throat> Let me leave my own, my own uh, what do you call it? I don't want to say suspicions, conspiracy theories. But I think you are correct. Let's see what will happen. Honorable Mailam, with regards to the upstream resources, the, the upstream resource development bill, we thought that we will bring the bill at any given moment uh, during the the, the 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 last quarter. Whether we start, yes, the agency that you talk about, it's it's agreed. Maybe we should just have an NB. Uh, on the uh, upstream petroleum resource development bill, because we said the staff, when they come back, they must do must do proper work in terms of looking at areas as far as public hearings are concerned. One of the things that we have been confronted with is that instead of dealing with the public hearings, we get people who come and make complaints about how the preparations were done and so forth. So, like we did before. When we table it, we'll even table areas where we think that we must go for public hearing. Some of those areas may be the same, some of may not be the same. But what we, as a guide to them, was that look at areas that we have not been there before. For one reason, Parliament must try everything possible to spread Parliament as much as possible, including, as a principle, we said at least in many of the provinces where you are going, at least let's target about three districts. That is, so we're still working. That one, legislation is always, by parliament's instruction, must be granted uh, priority in everything we do. So uh, maybe we should have put it there that uh, in between there will be legislation interventions. We also have to take into consideration the availability of members. Um, with regards to that program and the intense program that will be coming from weekends, we'll be having Fridays doing oversight like we, we now say with regards to Kubek. Uh, then there is uh, other plants that we said we'll need to visit uh, to look at their state. So we will try and find a way to, to also say here is the program with with regards to the upstream petroleum resources development bill. I'm not sure whether I tried to cover some of the of the members, but nothing is is left outside. We are trying to club most of these things together. Is there a, a, any other matter, Babulang? You said maybe you'll come after me. Covered, chair. Thank you. Okay. So Nisha, are we are we are we are we together?
Yes, we are, Chair. Okay. On that note, uh, honorable members, is there any other matter, Ayanda? Yes, Chair. Can we get a mover and second for the program, Chair? Oh, yes. yes can sir. we get a mover? Wablan, is it your voice? Volma Rans, Chair, I, 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 I was going to ask for whether are we uh, moving for adoption for that uh, when Ayanda came in. But as already on the platform, I move for the adoption of that program, Chair. Okay. Is there any second? Second, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Masaula. Is there any other item I had the matter? No, Chair. That was the last item on the agenda today. Okay. Thank you very much, honorable members. The meeting stands adjourned. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair and Member. Chairman. Thank you.